oh, there's like coloring in my pumpkin spice latte in an opaque cup. Like, why do they have to add that in there? Oh, it's one of the worst ones that's linked to cancer or Subway. Like, oh my gosh, they're using a chemical that's used in yoga mats and rubber. And if you get, if you use this chemical in other places around the world, you get fined $450,000 and put in jail. Hey guys, it's Bethany Cameron and you're listening to the Digest This Podcast. Vanny Hari also known as The Food Babe, is on the show today. And if you're not familiar with Vanny, she is the person who took on Starbucks, Kraft, Chick-fil-A, Subway, and so many other major food companies and persuaded them into changing their ingredients and the way they do business by being open to the public about what they actually put into their products. In today's episode, we discuss how the food industry is manipulating our taste buds by the ingredients being put into our food, like natural flavors, and what natural flavors really are and how they're made, and how misleading marketing is confusing so many moms out there and how to navigate through it all. We also talk about Vanny's newest book, Food Babe Family, coming out in October, and the over 100 different recipes included, as well as tips for eating healthy while traveling. This conversation was fire till the very end, and you'll get information to obtain for a lifetime. This is also a great episode to share with your friends and family who perhaps you've been trying to hop on the wellness train or haven't truly believed what you are saying to them. So because, let's face it, we all know and have those loved ones in our lives that we want to share such information with. But whenever we personally talk about it, they just turn their head. So this is a great opportunity to give them that information without you being the one telling them. So let's get right into the episode. One in three adults don't consume enough protein. And if you want to build muscle, lose fat, keep your immune system strong, and have all-day energy, then you should be eating at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 140 pounds, that means you need 140 grams of protein every single day. For reference, one egg has just six grams of protein, so you need at least 24 eggs per day to get 140 grams of protein. And if you're a senior, you need up to 50% more than that. That's because as we age, our bodies require more protein to preserve muscle mass, keep us healthy, reduce recovery time from illness, and improve overall quality of life. Clearly, getting enough protein is incredibly important, but how in the world do you hit your target protein count without spending a fortune, endless hours in the kitchen, or eating 24 eggs a day? Getting enough protein might seem impossible, but it's actually easy when you add Prime Protein's doctor-formulated, incredibly easy-to-digest and affordable beef isolate protein powder to your diet. Just one scoop has 20 grams of protein. And I personally take their unflavored version, which contains just one single ingredient. No stevia, no flavorings, or anything else added. Plus, Equip Foods Prime Protein is incredibly affordable to help you hit your complete protein needs for less than $2 a day. Tell me the last time you bought grass-fed steak for $2. (laughs) Probably never. Equip Foods prioritizes working with regenerative farms who let their cows graze outside and sources the highest quality grass-fed beef protein they can find. And while they trust their partners completely, they still do independent routine quality and contaminant testing to make sure their protein is free of harmful amounts of heavy metals and toxins like glyphosate. The way prime protein is processed is the same way that bone broth is made, using low and slow heating to preserve the nutrition without any chemicals. The end result is the purest beef protein powder you'll ever find. And each scoop has the same nutrient profile as a four ounce steak. So if you're following a carnivore, keto, or paleo diet, and you're looking for something to add to your smoothies, shakes, dips, soups, and baking, then you'll love Prime Protein. It's easy on the gut and contains all nine essential amino acids plus additional amino acids. There's over 2,000 five-star reviews, and I'm just one of 
of them. But the best part is that it comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't love it after 30 days, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. And you guys know I have a discount for you. So if you go to equip foods.com slash digest and use code digest, you'll get 20% off. Again, go to equipfoods.com slash digest and use code digest. That's equipfoods.com slash digest and use code digest to get a whopping 20% off. If you're not subscribed to my newsletters, they come out every Friday and they're called Friday Finds. This is information that only my subscribers get in their inbox. I share stuff like non-toxic air fryers and kitchen appliances, new food finds, product recalls, food news, and food products that aren't even on the market yet. But I've got the scoop. This is not published anywhere else and cannot be found on my blog. So be sure you're in the know and subscribe to my weekly newsletters by going to littlesipper.com slash subscribe and enter your email. That's all you have to do. So go to L-I-L-S-I-P-P-E-R.com forward slash subscribe to get exclusive information on everything food. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me, Bethany. It's been a long time in the making. (laughs) It has, yes. And I have so many questions and I know my followers do as well. And we're gonna dive into all the different food ingredients and things that you're doing online. But for those that, I'm sure everyone does know who you are, but for those that don't know, you are just this mega, I don't even want to say influencer, but you have influenced mega corporations like Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and for them to really change the way that they do business. And I'm sure everyone probably knows that, but give us a little bit of insight in how did you get to where you were today and who was Food Babe before Food Babe existed? And what was that pivotal point that led you to be like, wow, I think I need to change my diet. I think I need to look into ingredients. Yeah, totally. So I grew up with two immigrant Indian parents. And when they got to the United States, they wanted to raise us like Americans. They're like, if we're going to be in America, we're going to eat like Americans. And so I was allowed to eat whatever fast food was available uh, at a dime, like a drop of a hat. So like, for example, if I didn't want to eat what my mother was cooking, I literally would call my dad and he would just like pick up Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. And the most important thing to him and my mother was that we were actually eating because I grew up in a culture of poverty, right? Like when food wasn't readily available, it was, it was harder to make because you had to make everything from scratch and to have this food that was fast and available and really cheap it was like this, you know, it was like one of the benefits of being in America. And so both my parents were working parents. And so they loved the idea of the fact that this food was available. And when I was growing up, I remember just wanting to like fit in so bad because I was one of the only Indian children, like in my school and in my neighborhood. And, you know, I would just like beg my mom for these things that I would see at my friend's house and she didn't know how to make them. I mean, she was still making homemade from scratch Indian food every night for herself and for my dad. And so she would go to the grocery store and use the Betty Crocker or the hamburger helper or like whatever she could in terms of a packaged process good to to replicate what the American dishes were. And I just remember our Thanksgivings were literally every package processed Thanksgiving thing that you could even imagine, you know, the cranberry sauce in a can, the stovetop stuffing, all of that, even the biscuits out of a can, you know, nothing was made from scratch. And, um, and so even though she knew how to cook beautiful medicinal quality food, like using all these medicinal spices, I was eating very, very processed. And as a result, I had eczema, asthma, allergies, and I never felt well. I felt like 
like a zombie for most of my life. It was really hard for me to get up out of bed every day to go to school. Mm. I remember being at school and just not being able to focus and just not being a good student because I was just, you know, I was like, I just couldn't like get my brain together or wrapped around what was going on. And I remember just being completely addicted to candy when I was little. My parents didn't require me to brush my teeth either. Um, they didn't really have a lot of these kind of uh, knowledgeable practices, I guess, back in India. Um, you know, you were just trying to survive there. And my parents, when they came to America, they were just trying to survive. And so like brushing my teeth wasn't important. So like all of these health habits that I have today that are so important, like I would never go a day without brushing my teeth. Right. Um, I just didn't follow back then at all. And so I was in and out of the dentist's office. I remember having like every tooth pulled out and it wasn't just not the brushing. I think it was actually the food I was eating. I think I would have been fine if I was eating good food, but because of the food I was eating, I mean, it was just, it was awful. Now you look at my teeth and you're like, how do you have such nice teeth? Well, you know, fast forward to my early twenties where I hit rock bottom. I just had graduated college. I got this fancy job working for a big consulting firm and they were putting me on the road and like giving me this expense account. And I was traveling all over the United States and, and working with these really high level executives and people with big expense accounts. So like they would take us to Morton's and Ruth's Chris and we would have these five course meals. And then every breakfast, lunch and dinner were catered in. And so you would just be expected to work through these meals so that you would build more hours to the client. And I found myself in this situation again, where I wanted to fit in and I wanted to do well in my job. I, I was, I've always been, you know, somewhat ambitious in my brain. Like, you know, I want to do well in life. And it's probably part of my upbringing too, because my parents, again, put a lot of emphasis on studies and being successful, being Indian parents, if anybody has immigrant parents, they're kind of like, I just, I feel like they're very hard on you. And, um, and so I wanted to fit in and I found myself all of a sudden gaining a lot of weight, felt very sick. And I ended up in the hospital with appendicitis. And that's when I, I really hit rock bottom because I was in my early twenties. I was feeling awful about myself. I was depressed, um, not clinically depressed, like by a psychiatrist, but just felt depressed, right? Just felt really bad about my life. And I'm like, you know, I just want to go out there and be with my friends and hang out and meet a guy, you know, all these things that my friends were doing at that age. And I was in a hospital room recovering. And so I decided at that moment that I would make health my number one priority. And that was at the young age of 22. And as soon as I made that commitment, a month later, I met my husband, which was just wow. incredible. He introduced me to oatmeal, actually. <laughs> I oh, never wow. had a bowl. I'd never had a bowl of oatmeal in my life. So now this is funny because I have a vendetta against people who say that oatmeal is unhealthy because I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's not, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, I started eating oatmeal every day for breakfast and then like, you know, started to make all these different changes, um, to my lifestyle. I started to bring in my lunch, uh, started to work out in the morning before I go into work or at lunch and take my lunch break to work out. Like I really put myself first. And then I started to teach myself about food. And the first thing I did was treat my curiosity like I treated a debate round. So back in high school, I was a top tiered debater, number one in the state three years in a row and got recruited to college, like just loved debate. And back then you had to learn like, you know, both sides of an argument, the affirmative and negative. And we didn't have Google. So I couldn't just Google like how to be healthy or what's nutritious to eat or like, how do I lose this weight? How do I feel better about myself? I couldn't do any of that. I had to learn the hard way. So I went to the library, checked out huge books on nutrition and taught myself about real nutrition. And one of the books that I was reading talked about this concept of all of the grocery store foods that are in a package are dead. Like literally they're dead. And I was just like, it just, oh, it just hit me so hard when I read that sentence because it was like, that's how I felt most of my life, dead. Mm. And now I'm feeling better and feeling alive for the first time in my life because of the nutrition I'm eating and because of my lifestyle changes. And around this time, my friends and my family couldn't believe the transformation. They thought I looked like a completely new person. And so they were like dying to know what I was doing. They're like, hey, what's this green drink you're drinking? What's this new food you're eating? Why don't you eat candy anymore? Like, what are these things that you're doing? And I started to teach them, hey, well, 
Candy has artificial dyes. It's linked to brain inflammation, immunity problems. It's uh, linked to allergies and asthma, which I was suffering from at the time. You know, like all of these things, like I'm trying to clean up my diet. I want to remove the chemicals from my life. And I don't want to be part of this science experiment I found out that was happening on the American public. And um, I just decided to opt out. And to my friends at the time and to the people around me, this was so foreign because this is over now 15 years ago that this was more than that, 20, 20 years ago. Gosh, I'm old. I'm old. Um, yeah, over 20, <laughs> over 20 So you're, you're like mid-20s right now? Uh, yeah, not right, yeah. not, not today, but I mean, <laughs> back when you were. Yeah, 22. So, you know, 22 to 27 is kind of like that, that five-year period. I didn't start Food Babe until I was like uh, 32. So, um, so during that time, it was like a 10 year period almost. Yeah. T- 22 to 32, I was, you know, in discovering how to eat healthy and figure this out. And I remember still having this like high paced, crazy job traveling all over the world. And I was taking in my cooler of like homemade kale salad and my tomato soup and like all this stuff that I was making at home because I just didn't feel right about eating out every single meal. And so the people around me at work were like, what is this girl up to? Like, she's just, she's just weird. Like she's a health freak. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But then I became friends with everybody and they saw that I was actually cool and not like a weirdo. <laughs> and and they wanted to be friends with me. And so they invited me out to eat. And then I would ask the server about MSG in the soup and they'd be like, oh, what is she saying about this? You know, like she's kind of difficult to go eat out with. But I really tried not to be, you know, because again, I'm like trying to fit in. I'm trying to, you know, advance my career and do all this stuff. Well, then finally, around that time, I was, I remember I was traveling to Detroit every single week. And I found that Detroit, Michigan was such a beautiful place for me to learn because there was all of these amazing old school, vegan, organic cafes that really took health as being number one priority in their life, like the people that I was meeting that work there or the people that frequented there. And I would see them every single week when I would go and eat there and I would order like three or four more dishes and take it back to the office and stick it in the office refrigerator so that I could eat that instead of like what was available at the food court, like Subway or whatever. And so I was doing all of these things. and, And then I was just like, you know, I was sitting next, I remember I was sitting next to this girl And she was having trouble sleeping and she had all of these health issues. And she just started kind of copying what I was doing. And all of a sudden her life changed. I mean, it was just, it was going from like dark to light. And Mm -hmm. I just said, I got to share this with more people. Like, look at what has happened to Rachel. Like, this is incredible. So you didn't really, you didn't want to share what you were doing at the time. You didn't really want to put it on. I was working like crazy hours. I was traveling and I was just, teaching people around me, but I wasn't doing anything. And so then I decided to start Food Babe. And the way I started it, I gave up TV for Lent. I'm not Catholic, but I gave up TV for Lent. And so suddenly I had all this time in the afternoon, you know, when I get home from work, when I'd normally turn on whatever show was popular. And I started to write. And and that's how I started my first couple blog posts. And I remember wanting to call the blog eathealthyliveforever.com. And I remember telling my husband, who's like, you know, just like the technical whiz in the family, he, I asked him, I said, hey, can you register this name? And he's like, that's a terrible name. No one's going to know, <laughs> like, no one's going to remember that. Like, if you tell someone to go to your blog and I'm like, oh, and I, like, I didn't know much about blogs back then. I think there was like one blog back then. It was like Goop or something, you know, it was just like, there wasn't very many um, back there, back then. Um, and uh and so anyways, I I, t- I was like, okay, we'll come up with a better name, you know? And he found Food Babe on auction for $10. And I think it was some kind of other site before, if you know what I mean. Okay. But he found it, he found it for $10. $10. And, um, and that's when we, we named it Food Babe. And I was like, okay, well, I'll teach people how to be a Food Babe. And for the first year and a half of the blog, I never had my photo on the cover of the blog. You didn't know really who Food Babe was unless my it was like one of my friends or my close colleagues. And um, and I would just sign every blog post Food Babe. And it was my mm-hmm. way of kind of like, it was like my alter ego in a way 
of like kind of protecting the fact that I was still working in the corporate world. I wanted to save face there, but I also wanted to pursue this passion of like sharing what I was learning and how it was helping so many people. Um, and then that's when I started realizing that everything I had been told about what was healthy in this world was like wrong. And so I started to share specific companies that I was frequenting, like Chick-fil-A, like Subway, like Chipotle, like Starbucks, and how I was duped by these companies saying that I was eating healthier than I should. And I was releasing the ingredients in these products on a wide scale for the first time in history to the point where people were seeing, oh my gosh, there's a hundred ingredients in a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. One of the first ones is MSG. Like, oh my gosh. Or, you know, oh, there's like coloring in my pumpkin spice latte. I cannot believe that there's coloring in my pumpkin spice latte. It's in an opaque cup. Like, why do they have to add that in there? And oh, it's one of the worst ones that's linked to cancer. Jeez, you know? Um, or Subway, like, oh my gosh, they're using a chemical that's used in yoga mats and rubber. And if you get, if you use this chemical in other places around the world, you get fined $450,000 and put in jail. Like, you know, like that's the stuff that I was exposing to the first time in a, on a blog really. And the blogs were going viral. It was so insane. Like at first it was just like my friends and my family and my mom, but then they started sharing and they started sharing and their friends started sharing and it just took off and it was incredible to watch. And I saw the traffic come in and I was just like, oh my gosh, people are reading this. This is fantastic, right? And that's when I decided to, I think when Chick-fil-A called me and invited me to their headquarters to consult with them, like now I wasn't consulting with big banking institutions. I was consulting with fast food giants and getting invited to their headquarters, I was like, okay, my calling is not staying in the banking institutions. It's really changing the food system. And so that's when I decided to quit my job. And I remember being really scared to quit my job and to do Food Babe full-time because I was not making any money doing the blog. It was just for for because I wanted to share what I was learning. passion, yeah. Yeah, and so... It was really scary because I remember I didn't tell my parents, I think for a month that I quit my job because I wasn't making anything. I was like, you know, I went from 401k and this lucrative salary to zero. And um, I remember the first thing I taught myself was to eat organically on a budget because I was worried that the lack of money that we had, that I'm going to have to start buying conventional. Like we're not going to be able to afford organic food. But I knew how important it was. And also at that time, I had gotten off nine prescription drugs. So you can only imagine how expensive nine prescription drugs is, right? And now I have all that income and it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, that can go to organic food, right? Um, but it's, it's just, it's, um, it was that moment that I finally quit my job that I actually was able to follow through with some of these large corporations and get them to actually change. One of the first companies I took on was Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. They were serving mac and cheese to kids overseas without artificial dyes because in Europe, it requires a, a safety warning label if you use an artificial dye that says may cause adverse effects on activity and attention in children. So Kraft decided, hey, we're not going to put this warning label on our product overseas. Instead, we're going to remove yellow five and yellow six, and we're going to add paprika and beta carotene. And here in the United States, we're just going to keep serving the American kids yellow five and yellow six, even though it's linked to hyperactivity in children. And then you see the rise in ADHD drugs around you know the last 20, 30 years. And, and you just are like wondering like, what the heck? These companies are so immoral and unethical and hypocritical in the terms of like what they are serving us. Like they should serve all kids around the globe, a safer version of their product. And so I took that on and it received over 350,000 signatures. I took 270,000 of those at the time to Kraft's headquarters and dropped them at their door. And I remember meeting with them. I mean, I, you know, rang the doorbell and was like, let me in, have these things, right? And they came, they let me in. And I remember having a conversation with them and they said, you know, we just have to agree to disagree. We're not going to change it. And you know what they did? Within six months, they changed it because their competitor, Annie's, 
got all mm-hmm. of their business from the widespread news that this petition made. I mean, I was on every single news station, every single newspaper was writing about this. And they had lost so much market share. They're like, oh, shoot, we have to do this. And it wasn't, what was beautiful about that, it wasn't the petition, right? Of course, that created a lot of noise, but it was the people putting their money where their mouth is. The moms and the dads out there saying, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not going to buy Kraft Mac and Cheese anymore. There's this competitor, Annie's, that is making it without artificial dyes. I'm going to buy that instead. And you know what happened shortly thereafter? General Mills bought Annie's for $800 million. Colostrum is the first form of nutrients mammals, including humans, receive after birth. It's often considered liquid gold due to its wide array of health-promoting properties, including immune and gut support. It's incredibly nutritious and contains high levels of antibodies that fight infections and bacteria for the newborn. But us as grown adults can also benefit from these outstanding properties. And in today's world with so many toxins in our modern day living, we need it more than ever. Our food system is broken. Let's just be honest, guys. And even our soil is depleted, which makes our food less nutrient dense, containing less vitamins and minerals we need for optimum health. So it's more important than ever to supplement quality products to help keep our immune system and digestive system working at its best. Armor Colostrum is one of those whole food supplements I got introduced to back in February of 2023, and I've been on the Armor train ever since. I know a lot of people are talking about colostrum and how it has even been proven to be three times more effective at preventing the flu than the flu vaccine itself without any side effects that come with vaccines. Colostrum has also been clinically shown to help guard against inflammation and everyday toxins and pollutants. There are over 5,000 published studies to date documenting the benefits of colostrum and its ability to optimize health at all stages of life. Colostrum intake has also been linked to fewer respiratory tract infections and GI infections in children. What makes Armor Colostrum different than all the others on the market is that they use a proprietary cold chain biopotent technology that distills over 200 functional nutrients, guaranteeing the highest bioactive integrity and bioavailability. Another thing I personally love about this company is that they also only extract and use the surplus colostrum from grass-fed, pasture-raised, happy cows that are no longer needing it to supply their young. So you know you're not taking away from animals that need it. Only the surplus colostrum is used and Armra makes sure they are getting only the best from healthy USA cows from family farms. Armra has three flavors, orange, watermelon, and unflavored, which is my personal favorite because the unflavored has no natural flavors and just one single ingredient. It tastes so good, like you guys are going to love it. And for anyone with dairy sensitivities, the casein is removed, so you may be able to digest it a lot easier because of that. That's the protein most people are sensitive to with a dairy allergy is the casein. So Armour has many dairy-sensitive happy customers. So if you guys want to try what everyone is talking about and help rebuild your whole body microbiome and strengthen your immune barriers along the mouth, sinuses, lungs, gut, urinary, and reproductive tract to block unwelcome particles for your strongest immune health, I highly recommend Armour Colostrum. If you guys go to tryarmra.com and use code DIGEST, you'll receive a special discount. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com and use code DIGEST. You'll receive a special discount. Again, tryarmra.com and use code DIGEST. If you suffer from headaches, you're not alone. One in every six people suffer and more than 8 million Americans visit their doctor for headache-related issues each year, 75% of which are women. Of course, women go through more hormonal changes each month and their moods fluctuate, which can cause migraines to the point of many unable to even function, let alone work or be the mother or wife they typically are on a daily basis. We need help. 
But the side effects from NSAIDs like Advil or other over-the-counter anti-inflammatories sometimes aren't worth it. But did you know that CBD has been shown time and time again, study after study, to be one of the best natural anti-inflammatories available? and no prescription is required. Ned is a brand I've been personally consuming for over two years, and one of their newer products is their Brain Blend. It not only contains full-spectrum hemp, but also botanicals to help support brain function and clarity, such as MCT, ginkgo, bacopa, Siberian ginseng, lion's mane, and lemon essential oil. I took this blend when I had a major headache and within 30 minutes, it was gone. No joke. So if you need a natural relief from headaches or just want more clarity in your brain to think and focus, I highly recommend Ned's Brain Blend. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code DIGEST. Go to helloned.com slash digest or enter code digest at checkout to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Let me tell you, Vanny, you have such an influence and you've done so much work in so many different areas. And it you put a great point out is that we as consumers do have a voice and I feel like a lot of people don't think that they do. And where you put your dollar is a sign and signal to these big big box companies that either you do or you don't want to see or consume these these products. And you you mentioned a great point too is that you know prescriptions are really expensive and they say uh, well, I just can't afford to eat better because it's so expensive and I'm on these prescriptions. Well, if you make better choices, you can actually get off many prescriptions. I can't make a blanket statement and say you can just get off of all of them because we don't know what you're on. But I'm just saying there's all these opportunities to make the switch. You know, what What you've done and what you've brought to light is is incredible. And I love what you share on your Instagram and you're sharing different healthier swaps and bringing light to different certain ingredients. Um, and that's something that I, I did want to ask you is because I feel like in today's uh, food industry or society, people think that they're actually buying something healthier. And I think that's what's really misleading is that they're like, wow, well, it's marketed as X, Y, and Z and gluten-free and there's no added, you know, whatever. But then you turn it around and it's, it's there's still junk in there. So I, I'd love for you to kind of elaborate on that and what you're doing to really bring to light misleading yeah, marketing. So, you know, when you look at a front of a package, any type of package good. It's all marketing, right? It's, you know, I own a, a, a product company now. It's called Truvani. And I started it because I wanted to reinvent the supplement world. I felt like there were too many additives hidden supplements, whether it was a pill that you were taking and you were taking that every single day. There were so many unnecessary ingredients they were putting in that or a protein powder that has gums or natural flavors or artificial flavors or different sweeteners that are problematic. And so I wanted to create a company that was the, the cleanest possible. And so when I think of the marketing that's on the front of the package, I laugh a little bit because it's all marketing. And even us at Truvani, like we'll say only five ingredients in our vanilla. And that is actually, I think, one of the truest forms of marketing because I feel like, you know, I'm saying that there's only five ingredients and that actually triggers the customer to say, well, what five ingredients is there? So they turn over the package and they look at the ingredients and they read them, right? It, 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 it triggers them to do something to actually help them understand what's in a, in a product. Whereas if you see products out there, especially ones that are geared towards kids, and moms that are out there trying to feed their kids better food, you'll see things like, you know, all whole grain or, you know, 50% vitamin C, um, you know, allow daily allowance, or, you know, look at this brain health, you know, or immunity because they add a little sprinkle of probiotics or something like that. And so the most important thing 
I think people need to recognize is the ingredients. And so you'll see one of the only marketing things we'll use on Truvani packages is ingredients, because I believe that's the only thing that really matters is the ingredients, like not all the things that you add to a product, because you know, here's the thing, orange juice at the end of the day is just pure sugar. It's going to wreck your blood sugar. It's going to spike your kids, you know, activity level really fast. And they're going to come crashing down and they're going to turn into a tantrum. But a lot of people will buy orange juice because it's fortified with vitamin D or omega-3s or, you know, all of these different fancy labels that food manufacturers are putting on these products. And so it's so important just to look at the ingredients and understand what you're eating. And I think the best thing anyone can do for themselves is to eat whole, unadulterated food. And as Amen. as much raw as possible, this is actually something that I talked about in my first book, Food Babe Way, where I said, you know, 50% of your diet a day should be raw, at least raw, like some, you know, a raw, like, and you should be eating something raw at every meal. Like, and it's not very hard to do that. You know, you eat an apple with your breakfast. That's raw. At, at lunch, you have some lettuce on your sandwich. That's raw. You know, then at dinner, you might have, you know, some pumpkin seeds sprinkled on your food. That's raw. So like, there's so many opportunities to eat something raw and adulterated where someone hasn't processed it. Someone hasn't put plasticizers all over it. Someone hasn't um, you know, taking it and denatured it. When I think of cooking oils and how so many cooking oils that are used in restaurants and processed foods are so denatured. I mean, first of all, they're extracted with hexane. Hexane is a very carcinogenic gas that the FDA doesn't even regulate in terms of what residues are still in food and still in the oil after it's produced. And so that's very concerning. And then it, the way it's denatured, uh, to extract it from like either corn, soy, or canola, it's, it's completely rancid to the body. Like your body can't really process it very well. Your liver doesn't like it. And this is one of the reasons why we see such an uptake in so many different, um, modern diseases here in America and around the world are this, or because of some of these oils. Yeah. And they're even being reused in restaurants too, which is on top of that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how long has this really been in the deep fryer here? And and speaking of ingredients though, I would love for you to really talk about natural flavors because I, f- I feel like a lot of people are still not aware that these natural flavors aren't actually what they appear to be. You could have all these sub ingredients in a natural flavor and it could be even like MSG can be in them, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So the term natural flavor can mean thousands of chemicals behind that one term because the FDA does not require food manufacturers to list all of the chemicals that are behind the the natural flavor label. And so natural flavor can mean just about anything under the sun, manipulated in a laboratory, created a chemical out of something that starts, yes, in nature, but then it's manipulated so many different times. I mean, it's almost like those rancid oils, right? Like corn oil starts in nature, right? In a way, like it starts from corn, right? Like corn can be healthy, right? If it's non-GMO, it's organic, you can have a little bit of corn in your diet. But as soon as you start to denature it, that's when it becomes a problem. The same thing goes in natural flavors. And so then the chemists, are the same chemists that a lot of them are the same scientists and they're using the same science that they used to create addiction in tobacco. They're using that same science to create addiction in food. And the way they're doing it is through these flavors because there's so many different chemical compounds they can use and disguise under this name, natural flavor, that they won't get called out for it. Nobody know will, will know that they're using it. And it's those chemicals that literally trigger your brain to like literally turn on a light bulb to say, oh my gosh, this flavor is so amazing. It's so delicious. And it's going to taste like this all the time. And it's going to be so good. And I can go back to this package product and it's going to be so delicious. And I'm going to go eat it all the time. And it basically hijacks your taste buds in your, in your brain and your mouth. And, and then it makes you eat more than you should. And then it also creates that irresistibility, but it also creates that remembrance. And that remembrance is what keeps you coming back for more because you remember what a Dorito tastes like. You remember what McDonald's tastes like and how it's different from Burger King. You remember exactly what's going on there. And when you think about those products, your mouth starts to water. 
And so you wonder like, whoa, what chemicals are they putting in this food that's making my brain think about this product, my mouth start to water. And when I think about a food that I made last week in my kitchen, my mouth water doesn't water the same. It just doesn't. Yeah. And it's because I'm not using any of those chemical compounds. So we're part of this like huge experiment right now because now natural flavor is probably the most popular ingredient in, in the grocery store right now. It's in everything, if not corn or soy. Yeah, um, I think it's it, the top four behind like water, sugar, and salt or something. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool that you know that. I should, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so natural flavor um, is something now that you have to avoid even when you buy USDA certified organic food. And it's one of the things that they add. And, and this is one of the things that just killed me um, earlier in my career. You know, the one thing in my in my refrigerator, I didn't know the ingredients was beer. It was the beer that my husband was putting in the fridge every single week. And I was like, how come I can't read the ingredients on this beer? Like what is in this beer? And knowing everything I knew about the food industry, I knew that they were doing something to beer, right? There had to have been some crazy messed up stuff they're doing to beer mm -hmm. too, because that's a big industry. And so I decided to start a petition and require um, beer manufacturers to list the ingredients in their beer. And I pitted Anheuser-Busch and Miller Coors, they're two separate companies at the time, against each other, because I wanted to see which one came first, right? Like they wanted to see, oh no, like she's waiting to, like basically I was like, okay, who's it gonna be? We know more about what's in Windex and Coca-Cola than we do beer. Mm -hmm. Are you guys going to do the right thing? Well, within two days of launching that petition and 50,000 signatures later, Anheuser-Busch calls me and they said, we're going to do it. And we're going to invite your whole family to the Anheuser-Busch uh, headquarters. And we're going to talk about this. And I was like, absolutely. You know, Amazing. and so it was, it was the coolest thing. And, um, and guess what I found out through that investigation. And when people started releasing the ingredients in beer, of course, they're actually adding natural flavors to beer because it can make it more addictive, of right? Course. You remember that flavor, you want that beer because of that. And, and it's like, shoot, alcohol is already addictive. And now they're adding all of these other additives, not to mention colorings too, like caramel color level four, the same color yep. that they were adding to that pumpkin spice latte. It's it's incredible. It does truly hijack your your taste buds. And when you either whatever drink a, a drink or have some sort of a, a fruit um, snack, the strawberry flavor does not taste the same as a real strawberry. And then when you eat that real strawberry, it doesn't taste sweet. It doesn't really taste good. You actually want the art of or the natural quote natural flavored item because it's heightened. Yeah. And um, it reminds me of the Dorito effect. And I had the author on uh, the podcast. And yeah, Mark, it, Mark's incredible. Yeah. And I, I love awesome. his book because he really, he really illustrates in that book that a Dorito would not be addictive without the flavoring. The flavoring is what makes it addictive and why you can't stop at one chip. If the flavoring totally. wasn't there, you could stop. And some people argue that, oh, well, it's the sugar that's addictive. And so then the the debate was, well, would you put sugar in water and drink it? And a lot of people said, well, no, because it would just taste sweet. So that you need a flavor to really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. And and speaking of also like MSG, for example, it's being added to so many foods and it's been linked to obesity, liver damage, DNA damage, reproductive malfunctions. And but, yeah, I mean, the thing with MSG that gets me every time is when they're doing obesity studies, like in laboratories, and they're studying animals like rats, the way they get the rats fat is by adding MSG to their food. So they eat more than they should. Mm. And if it's that amazing. doesn't tell you, like you shouldn't be eating it, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, and it's companies are still putting it in. That's the the crazy thing. It's it's still a, a you know it's still legal. Yeah, um, I, I was mean, excited to hear that Popeyes, one of the fast food chains out there that makes fried chicken, I don't know what they're going to replace it with, but they said they're going to remove MSG, which was actually really cool. And I hope you know one of the things that. I had the discussion with the executives at Chick-fil-A. They were all for like, you know, going antibiotic free and removing artificial food dyes and doing all of these things on my list that I wanted them to do, but they would not remove MSG and they still haven't done it to this day. They're like, we cannot figure out a way to remove it and still get that flavor. 
And I'm like, that's why I was addicted to it for so many years and why you have so many customers and why so many kids like have to eat there. Like it's insane. And it's one of the reasons why, by the way, I have Chick-fil-A copycat recipes in my new cookbook, Food Babe Family. It's coming out soon. And I have the chicken nuggets recipe in here, the waffle fries. Like I have all of it in here because I just don't want people eating it anymore. Well, and that's something that I did want to bring up because you are an author of several books. Your newest one is called Food Babe Family. I'd love to to have you share a little bit about that too, because not only do you have, you know, great recipes and it's going to be coming out really, really soon for the whole family, but a lot of people, a lot of people listening are mostly already in the health and wellness space, but they're struggling to get their family on board. So what kind of tips can you give to those listening to be like, okay, yeah, I'm doing it myself, but my family's just not, they're not with it yet. Yeah, no, I get it. So, so in this book, I, you know, before I started writing this book, by the way, this is my fourth book. And just to have the motivation to write another book takes a lot. Right. And so I went really like spiritually deep into my soul and was like, you know, do I have it in myself to write another book? Like, this is a lot. And I was just, you know, I had just had my son and I was just like, okay, um, I've got two kids now. I've got this supplement company. I've got food, babe. Like, this is a lot to take on. But I knew I had to write this book because this is how I'm raising my family. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if I don't share this, Like, how will other people learn from me or even be helped by the things that I'm I'm doing in my own life? And I just feel like I'm not, I just felt like, I would feel like such a failure if I left this information untold because I feel like so many people can be inspired by at least something in this book, right? And it's, and it's really also difficult to write a book about how you raise your family without sounding judgmental, Right. Um, because there's a lot of mom shame. We're all doing the best we can in terms of um, raising our children. And there's so many different choices available on how you raise your children. And a lot of people can take that information very personally. And so I took this book as an opportunity to share a deep, intimate look inside my family and what we do and how I raised both my kids from the moment they stopped breastfeeding to starting real food and how I went through that process, as well as everything that we're doing on a daily basis on how we navigate when we're at school, when we're at a party, when we're, um, you know, going to traveling and, you know, we're on the road, like all the different tricky situations where you're constantly being exposed to not real food, right? You're being exposed to processed on the go food, fast food. And what do you do in those circumstances and how do you prepare your life so that you can handle these situations with ease and grace? And you're never going to be perfect, um, but you're going to have some strategies that are going to help alleviate some of the mom guilt that you feel when you're like, oh, I'm not making the best choice for my kids right now, but this is all we have. And like, I just got to do it. I'm just busy and da, da, da. You have all these reasons. And I just wanted to have those strategies and those tricks available and all written down so that people could be like, oh, that's what you do in that circumstance. Great. You know, one of the, one of the, one of the, the trickiest things with having children is that first thing in the morning, they're starving. Like literally they are just like, give me food right now. Like they wake up and they're like, where's the food? Where's the beef? Right. And, and so I have so many awesome strategies on how to have food readily available really quick first thing in the morning that is fresh, that's hot, that's made with real ingredients. And one of those is just, you know, my slow cooker oatmeal. Like literally it takes 30 seconds to make the night before. I stick it in my crock pot. I have this new 360 crock pot that's like stainless steel. It's awesome. So it doesn't have a ceramic base. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of information coming out right now about um, ceramic bases leaching lead. I mean, it's not just right now. It's been happening for a long time. But, I saw that post that you did, I think it was just yesterday about yeah. slow cookers. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I, I need to get on this. So yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. I've been late to the party too, because I thought if I just kept buying new slow cookers that weren't scratched, I would be fine and they wouldn't leach lead, but that's just not the case. So I switched to all stainless. I have a big wolf one. That's like a Mac daddy one. And then I have a smaller one for my oatmeal and for other smaller things that I warm up. Um, and you can put like sweet potatoes in there and things like that, which is really fun. But 
I just literally turn that thing on, takes 30 seconds to add water in, in organic steel cut oats. I, I buy one degree brand. I have no affiliation with them, but I buy that brand because they're glyphosate tested and they're glyphosate mm-hmm. free. Yeah. And I think oh, they're sprouted like, too. Like, yes, yes, they are. And um, so it removes, sprouted is so important because it removes the phytic acid, which makes it more digestible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, make that in the morning. There's fresh hot oatmeal available in the morning. I literally just like throw berries on top real quick or pomegranate seeds or whatever in some ground flaxseed. I grind my flaxseed every week. And so there's always a big jar in the fridge and, and my kids are eating like omega threes, really good whole grains, mm-hmm. really good antioxidant rich berries first thing in the morning, you know, and, and they're enjoying so it. They are. And you know yeah. what? A lot of times they want something else too, but that gives me some time. Like gives me a minute mm-hmm. to like take a sip of my coffee, <laughs> you know, drink my lemon water in the morning, like gives me time to do a couple of these things so that I'm like, oh, okay, you want some French toast or you want this or you want that or you want a smoothie too. Let me make that, you know, or whatever. So it's just this awesome thing I've gotten the habit. I make it every day. Even if we end up not eating it, I'll like save it and put it for overnight oats or something or I'll stick it in the fridge to make cold oats or whatever, I'll, or I'll just save it for like some other recipe or something. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just something it sounds, I do. Well, and it sounds like your book is just full of, again, recipes and also tips for the entire family, which I feel like everyone needs. So everyone should go out and get this book. When does it come out? It comes out October 17th. Okay. So that's very everywhere soon, Everywhere books guys. are sold. Yeah. Everywhere can- books are sold. Yeah. Perfect. So either you could pre-order it or, you know, maybe by the time this episode comes out, it'll be available. So everyone should go and get a copy because it sounds like this book is going to literally change lives. And I'm, I'm so happy for, for this, this newest one. Thank Um, you. hundred new recipes, which is really great and really fun to make. And they're recipes. I just want to caveat this. They're not like Julia Child recipes. Okay. They're they're not, they're not anything that you're going to spend a lot of time in the kitchen making. These are like Mm -hmm. fast, easy stuff that you can make for your whole family. Y'all can eat all the same food. This is not about like, you know, oh, here's some adult recipes. Here's some kid recipes. Here's some other kind of recipes. This is like family food. Here's a breakfast that everybody's going to eat. This is a dinner that everybody's going to sit down Mm -hmm. and eat. Um, and, I have proof because my family sits down and eats all this stuff every single day. Yeah. And so, and, and some of the recipes look very simple, you know, but I wanted to share my favorite simple fast things in those nights where, oh, you know, I forgot to meal prep, but I have these things in the fridge. Let me put this together. It'll take 15 minutes. Look at this recipe. It's so fast. Yeah. You know, totally. I wanted to I mean, have all those options available. And this is how, I mean, this is really how I cook on a daily basis. This is not for when those times were like on a Saturday and I have a couple hours to kill and I want to like get into making croissants from scratch that take three days to, you know, proof. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I feel like every everyone's in the same boat, honestly. No one is making these gourmet meals every single night of the week. And I'll, I'll say from experience, if I'm looking at a recipe and I see like 15 to 20 ingredients, I'm like, eh, I probably won't make it. Yeah. You know, like, so, and I love that. It's super simple. Now, I, I do want to ask you this question because I feel like I want to talk about just like big food, big pharma for just a second here, because I feel like there's a lot of conflicting evidence when you see studies being published and it's like, well, stevia is good for you or X is, is fine. It doesn't cause cancer or this or that. And do you feel like big food and big pharma is kind of in cahoots in a way? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I hope they're not. Like, I really hope they're not. I think what's in cahoots is the government. The government's getting money from both parties. And so if anything is the most corrupt, it's probably the government officials that are receiving funds from these big conglomerates to continue these shady business practices and allow these chemicals to continue in our food and allow to be influenced um, in a way that, you know, you know, I just, I want to share this one story. So red number three is a coloring that was banned in cosmetics back in the day. 
And red number three also was the type of red used in maraschino cherries. And the bar industry, the alcohol industry relied on these maraschino cherries because they're so popular at bars and in their alcoholic drinks. And so they lobbied the FDA to allow red number three to continue in food products while being banned in cosmetics, even though red number three showed that it caused cancer in, in animal studies. Of course they did. <laughs> so, wow. So like the government, I feel like is in cahoots with both parties, right? And they're the problem. Like mm -hmm. our system is our, our, the, the way our government is run yeah. is the problem. You know, at the end of the day, this is industry, right? They're just looking to make money. They're looking to make a buck. And, and I learned this the hard way in so many different areas of my life. It's always comes down to money. And, um, and I'm faced with this all the time at Truvani. I have to tell you, like when we were developing our bar, I wanted to use ingredients that you would find in your own kitchen. And this bar manufacturer we were working with kept trying to get me to use tapioca starch because it was cheaper than maple syrup. And I was like, listen, tapioca starch is not an ingredient that I want to use. It's a processed ingredient. It's actually spikes your blood sugar as much as maple syrup, if not more. And it it's cramps a trick. You too. <laughs> yeah, it does that too. But also it, it does. And it tricks your body into thinking you're not getting sugar, but you actually are. And so and, and it tricks the person on the label too. Like if you weren't, if like, if we didn't add maple syrup to our bars and we decided to use tapioca starch instead, we wouldn't have to put that extra three grams of sugar added on the label. Like literally mm. we could get rid of that. And that would make our label look so much cleaner and so much nicer in terms of nutritional facts. But I felt like it was a disservice to the people out there that were consuming our products. I wanted them to have as real ingredients as possible. And if that meant adding three grams of sugar of maple syrup per bar so that we could have that binding ingredient to make the bar like last and stay together right. like in a bar form, then that had to be it. So Yeah. Yeah. And I love that integrity about you too, that you're not going to budge. And I, I deal with this too, with, um, you know, the, the protein powder that I have. And it's, I feel like we have so much, you know, in common as far as just wrestling with these different manufacturers. There's a lot of studies too, that people need to really look at the funding because this is really important. Just like the other day, I was looking up a study and it was like, canola oil is good for you. It's heart healthy. It's one of the best oils. And then you look and it was funded by the National Canola Oil Association. <laughs> and that's something that I think a lot of people may not realize or even look into when looking at studies and really knowing who it was funded by. I think one of the things that really frustrates me is some of these studies that come out and some of them are so ridiculous. Like there's one that I mentioned in my second book called Feeding You Lies that says that candy is going to help kids lose weight. And, and it's like this headline that's going viral. It's all over CNN and all of the different newspapers, right? And it's going around the internet and you go and you look into it and it's being funded by Mars, who makes like Skittles and Snickers, right? And um, and the Candy Manufacturers Association, which is also funded by all sorts of different candy companies. And the reason I believe a lot of these studies are done in a way where the companies that are benefiting from the studies are paying for these is they want to create doubt in a user's mind when they are deciding whether to eat this product or not. They want to create confusion because everybody knows candy is bad for you, right? Like everyone knows it's unhealthy, right? So to see a headline that candy can help kids lose weight, suddenly a mom at a checkout where their kid is at the bottom of the shelf looking at all the different candies and is like tugging at their mom's skirt and saying, please, please buy these Skittles. That mom just at that moment might say, you know what? It's not that bad if they could, you know, I saw that headline. It's just not that bad. And it creates this like 
confusion in the mom's brain to the point where like, okay, fine, you can throw it in the cart. Like it's going to be fine. Right. It almost gives them an excuse. Yeah. Right. Instead of actually seeing the headline that candy artificial flavor and artificial color is linked to cancer, right? Instead of seeing that headline, like that should be the headline that goes viral and is everywhere, right? On CNN, but it's not. And if that was the case, then the mom being tugged at might say, no, we're not eating that Skittle, right? And 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 that's the difference between someone who knows and has taken the time to learn about ingredients. I mean, I, I think I'm laughing right now because I was at the grocery store earlier today with my son and he saw banana chips and he goes, mom, banana chips. And I look at them and they have added banana flavor. And I'm like, why are they banana chips? This is killing me and sugar, right? And so I was like, oh, you know, and, I, and he's two. So I haven't been in too many circumstances where I've had to sit down and explain to him why we won't buy this, right? Um, and I just explained to him, there's better products out there. We're not going to buy this version, but we're going to try to find a better version. It has these ingredients. And I pointed to the label and he just kind of like looked at me. But it's the situation of we are the most responsible for what we bring into our household. Like we have the greatest responsibility out of any generation that I think no, I think this generation knows the most about food than any other generation that's ever existed. And so we have the ultimate responsibility to teach our kids the truth about food. And if we don't, if we don't teach them that there are good foods and bad foods, because there are, then we are failing at our jobs as parents because we have learned about the chemicals in food. And, you know, I know there's a lot of talk and chatter in the registered dietitian conglomerate, as well as people who are suffering from eating disorders about not labeling foods as good and bad. But I truly believe there are certain chemicals that are added to foods that are unnecessary, toxic, and we should be educating our families about these chemicals so that they can pick the right products for their body and they can make the best choices for themselves when they're out in the world making choices about what to eat. Well said, Vanny. Yes, exactly right. Beyond your newest cookbook, is there anything on your radar that's coming up or that you're focusing on? Um, I'm, I was thinking a lot about this today. And one of the things that's lovely about writing a book is you get to talk to amazing people like yourself. And when you are doing like podcasts and you're talking a lot, you're doing more videos and you're going live, you're just, your brain starts to like turn on and your passion starts to get reignited. And I just feel like I'm getting back that activist mindset. I lost it. I feel like I didn't lose it completely, but you know, when you first have your children, like your brain is changed. It's just, it's scientifically accurate to say your brain changes when you become a mom. And I feel like I got softer, less intense, less relentless, right? I had maybe less tenacity too, because I was just so focused on nurturing my kids. And now that they're growing up and you know, my little one's going to turn three in January and he's going to be going to school. Like, I just feel like I'm going to be back to being an activist. So like big food out there, like if you're on my radar, like watch out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so I'm going to actually make a personal request that you take on hospital food. (laughs) Oh gosh. I would love to do that. And I, I know we're we're short on time here, but let me just leave with that. And I if anyone is listening, maybe if you guys want to see that change, you know, comment below or send Vanny or me a DM and you know, we'll see what happens in the future. That'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much, Vanny, for coming on today. And for those listening, um, don't forget, get her book, Food Bait Family. And then where can people find you on social media? At The Food Babe. And you can also go to foodbabe.com and find out all the information as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. 
If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of Digest This comes one of Apple Podcasts' top 10 nutrition shows, hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.